this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. How are we doing, everybody? Everybody out there. Hello. It's been a big week. It's been a big week. Again, always. So many big weeks. Mm -hmm. You You know, know, (laughs) both of us. Well, (laughs) people kind of, I mean, it's not funny, but people after our episode last Thursday aired, we recorded it on the 4th, of course, January 6th happened. And when we recorded it, I was like, so far, nothing's happened in 2021. And everyone was like, yeah, that made me laugh. Poor. In an ironic, sad way, not laughing because of what happened. But Right. I know. And I think like... Even now, I'm like, what's going to happen between now and when this episode comes out? Yeah, I'm never going to jinx myself like that again. No, sorry, guys. That was on us. Nope. (laughs) It's totally our fault. (laughs) But you know, the other thing I think about is what do people, and this is maybe opening a can of worms right off the bat, but what do people from other countries think of? What are they thinking of when they're looking at everything that's going on? It's not good. I'll tell you that much. We actually have had some people like send us some stuff about like Canada and like, yeah, I know. Um, you know, like Jesse Gubbins, who we always talk about, who's like our, our like token listener from <laughs> Dubai, who we love. She, um, had, was posting some stuff about how like listening to the news felt like being at the, like the opening scene of a post-apocalyptic teen movie. And yeah, it's bizarre. And, you know, I've, I saw this tweet that was like really tired of living through a, another historical event every six minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> tired of it yeah and I think that you know this is one of those things and again something everyone has now seen where it's like this was only a surprise if you haven't been paying attention but at the same time that doesn't mean that it wasn't jarring mm-hmm. you know it didn't just because yeah, you're allowed me, to be jarred it's a very jarring thing to yes see. not not just because you know you I mean I definitely wasn't like oh my gosh I can't believe this is happening I was like yeah <laughs> right. I can believe this is happening I can absolutely believe it's happening I feel horrified by what I'm watching but right. not shocked and I think we typically tend to associate those two like oh I was like shocked and and aghast like I was not shocked but I was aghast mm-hmm yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, again, like a t- we we're taking you guys are listening to this like in a time machine from Monday, right? January eleventh. What's going to happen? You know, will Trump be impeached between now and then? Who knows? Right, right. Who knows? Who knows? But I have learned almost every time something like this happens how toxic I see social media being. And mm-hmm. you and I kind of texted a little bit about this, where I was thinking a lot this weekend of just like where does this come from, and you know, kind of going the route of. Where did this wheel spin out of control? And there's many answers to that, I'm sure. But one of the things I think about is when you give someone or people a place to gather and be angry together, like that's pretty dang powerful. Mm -hmm. And in a space where it's so easily accessible, I just feel like social media has has played such a part in all of this negativity that has gone to such extreme. And again, like this is not a shock or surprise that any of this has happened, but I just feel like especially with this presidency who has used social media in such a dangerous way. I feel like a lot of people really globbed onto that and people who maybe just were angry in the first place, you know, I feel like there's a part of it of fearful. And and this is just me speaking of like what I've, what I've seen in human behavior. So people who are fearful and vulnerable tend to lash out this way. And when they find a group, it's very similar to cult behavior. It's very similar to that. I think, you know, when we've gotten to the extreme situation that it's at, that's very true. And I think that, you know, I've been reading that from mental health experts. And again, like, I don't ever want to make my own. I'm not a mental health expert. Joy is actually literally a mental health expert. Not, you know, I don't know if you'd consider yourself to be an expert, but a mental health professional. An expert on what? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. on like right, just right, right. just these types of group behaviors mm-hmm. and group behavior systems. And But I've been reading a lot of things written by people who are like, you know, I'm an expert on cult behavior and like that's what we're witnessing. And, yeah. you know, I'm a, an expert on authoritarian regimes and like we're seeing a lot of components of that here as well. And, you know, I reposted something on our Instagram today, uh, an interview from The Daily Show, which 
was just really, really well done. And I thought really well spoken. And, you know, you kind of think of The Daily Show, you think of like satire, but it really has like right. moved away from that. Um, it really had moved away from that a long time ago. But and they still do those things, of course. But um, I'm trying to find the name of the, the video? guy. It was Timothy Snyder. Okay. And it's he, really good. Yeah, really good. And he is... Um, do you want me to play it? No, that's okay. I think you, you guys okay. can go back and, and if you want to find it, maybe we'll post it in our show notes. But he is an author um, who really specializes in authoritarian regimes and was speaking about, you know, if you want to just take out the heart of democracy, then you do that by making it feel like facts aren't real. That really is what we're seeing that. And I think that's why for people who are have not gone to that, whether you're a liberal or a conservative or anywhere in between, we're seeing a huge, I don't know what to, I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if I want to call it a flare up, like what, of extremist thinking. And right. if you're someone who has gone over to that side of extremist yeah. thinking, Call your dad. <laughs> call your dad, you're in a cult. And that's what I think is so hard for Honestly, I hope the majority of people to really wrap their heads around is like, how do you get to that point? It's because you think that facts aren't real. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you are the thing that I keep coming back to. And this is just me. And, you know, maybe this is ignorance is bliss. I don't really think that it is. Is that like the the government can't walk and chew gum at the same time? You guys really think that they're like coordinating all of this? Like, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever tried to deal with the federal government. Yeah, but they're really not. They're really, they're not. really not. Like my brother's in the military. He's done some pretty secret operations. I'm pretty sure he'd be like, "Joy, we're we're in trouble. Be careful." Like he he has a high rank in the military. Like I'm pretty sure, guys, that this that there's not like a secret behind the wall. I'm pretty sure Beyonce that, like, is not a part of like the Slytherin people or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's no like catacombs below the Denver International Airport. You know, whatever right. the case may be. Like I just think that there comes a point. Where like we've all sort of brushed this off as being like, oh, those guys are wackos. But now it's like, okay, but now those wackos have like really caused a huge rift in our society. And, you know, I I think I've seen a ton of people who voted for Trump really come. I don't want to say come around because, you know, I don't want to like. Yeah, it's not like we're picking sides type of thing. I mean, we we, you guys know we 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 decide, you know, the side we picked. But like I of them kind of saying like this is not what. And maybe those are the people who are shocked, you know, who are like maybe hadn't been paying attention in that way. And now are like, I can't know. I can no longer ignore or cover up or say right. that it's not a defend, priority. Like people are yeah. so sick of defending Trump and they're like, I'm so tired of this. And, yeah. you know, to the There's point where even people. other a ton of other Republican lawmakers and Republican politicians are like, this has gotten out of hand. Right. And a lot of the people you know, in the rest of the world are like, this has been out of hand. Right. This was an inevitable conclusion and an inevitable, you know, way for this to go. And it's just so hard to look at that and understand for somebody with a logical brain, what somebody is thinking when they do, Mm -hmm. when they storm the freaking American Capitol. Like, this is the type of thing. It just defies logic. And so, you know, we talked about this Oh, during talking about like the Black Lives Matter movement and about people who were like Trump voters, you know, it was like, I can't try to go there with my logical brain because however my logical brain is wired is so wildly different. Yeah. I, I guess like you could flip it on its head and say they, whoever they are, think the same about. Oh, a thousand well, percent. They think I'm, the you know. extreme left, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, we've said that a million times. And I think the, the leftists, thing, the leftists, we're going to be a socialist society. Which, like, I mean, honestly, the idea that, like, anything that's not, you know, I've seen, I've seen this type of commentary and and I, who tend to veer very far left, very much agree with the fact that it's like, there is no true left in America. There's center right and there's far right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can see that it's in true. the capital capitalist makeup of every single, every single thing that's, you know, done by the government. And I wrote something about this on my personal Instagram a couple of weeks ago where I basically posted like, you can't call yourself a social liberal and a, fin- a conser- financial conservative. Like those two things are at odds. You can't be a social liberal while being a financial conservative because you can't want programs to help people but then be unwilling to pay for them. And so many people were like, that's not true. Like, I'm not against, you know, being a social liberal. The definition is that you are like, you're not anti these, you know, like abortion or you're not anti social security, you're not anti Medicaid. But 
in my mind, if you're not pro something, you might as well be anti it. Like, yeah, you know, and so there, so maybe my, my then response to those people was like, maybe I would challenge your definition of a social liberal. You might be a social moderate to where you're not against those things. But unless you're for them, unless you're putting up, you know, kind of putting your money where your mouth is or willing to do that, then you're not socially liberal. You know, if you look at our government and you look at the decision, the way that decisions are made, it's center and right. It's there's very, very little that's truly left. Very little, very little, which is, again, it goes back to the the taglines and the words that are thrown around. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that I was thinking about, too, ever since... January 6th. Not every Republican thinks this way. Right. And I have to challenge myself on that. I really do. And I have to like, because I think that like the people in my life, in particular, a a handful, you know, maybe two or three people off the top of my head, who are really extreme, they're the ones I hear about. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, here's somebody posting a picture at church, unmasked, not social distancing. This is going to piss off the leftist maskers. Right, right, right. You know, and like, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) and like that stuff is just like you're you're literally just asking for a fight literally that's what you're doing like you're literally just saying i'm doing this so provocative your your exact caption of this is i'm i'm this is a verbatim post from that person oh is it oh yes it is (laughs) this is the true true real life example it's like your caption is i'm trying to start a fight (laughs) and unfortunately just curious just curious just curious just just curious Pro tip: If somebody comes to your to your comment section and says, "I'm just curious," just they're curious. never just curious. They're never just curious. They're there to pick a fight. <laughs> I'm just epi- curious. That can be the episode title. Oh, that's so funny. It's, so it's not funny because it's not funny because it's like makes me rage. I mean, but like it's also not funny because I think that those types of people are really who we think about when we think about. Republicans. And I don't want that to be what I think about. You know, this week we've heard a ton of people who are like, you know, stop calling for unity. I'm not saying that like unity should not be the goal, but there's no unity without equality. And we are a long ass way from equality. Yep. And I really think though that those, I have to challenge myself that like I just have come up against several very confrontational conservatives in my life who, and I've also come up against a lot of other conservatives, you know, the people who like, who kind of like disagreed with my social liberal conservative and whatever post socially liberal. So I can't even say it. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to gloss over it. My brain just can't form that function, that phrase again. (laughs) But when I think of conservatives, I think of the people in my life who are very confrontational and that's like not the place I immediately want to go. Yeah. Like people who truly want to understand are open to having a conversation. And that's why Mm -hmm. I will say it till I'm blue in the face is that social media is not the place to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about politics. It's just not. And we can all say that, but we're, we're, my goal for this year is to just not post or reply to things that are triggering because by triggering for myself, I just mean like getting me angry and hyped up because like no point is going to be proven. The people who are trying to stir you up and be like, just curious or being provocative that way are truly not in it to understand. They're there to just be a jerk, mm-hmm. plain and simple. They're not truly there to understand. They're there to be angry and mean there's there's just no way you can turn that into a productive conversation whatsoever and I, I mean i wouldn't necessarily say like i i would i think i've had productive conversations on social media but they've been in dm with somebody who i had to very consciously say okay i'm going to take the time to really engage with this person and you know we talked about this months ago that the problem with social media is like you might not always be in a place where you you know like you might be driving and then yeah. all of a sudden you get hit with this like four paragraph long dm about you know i can't believe you'd post this and yeah. it's like okay i don't have the the headspace to reply to this right now nor you know i got to make an appointment with myself to reply to this and I know a girl who I very briefly went to college with who is more like leaning towards libertarian, where I would consider myself to be leaning more towards socialist if I had to, you know, like if we had to delineate it. And we had a a conversation the other day about vaccines. And, you know, she was saying like everyone should be able to make their own personal choice about vaccines. I was saying like, I, you know, I don't really agree with that. I think there are extenuating circumstances, but most people should view vaccine decision making as a public decision. You know, this is this is a public health 
goal, yeah. not just a personal health goal. And, you know, we were kind of, we went back and forth on it. And at the end, it was like, listen, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. Thank you for, you know, giving me some space to tell to tell you my opinion. I hope you feel I've, seen, I've done the same for you. Yeah. And that's kind of where we left it, yeah. you know? And it was, but like, I know that person personally. I don't communicate with her in any other way other than really Instagram. But that was, I think, one of a very small handful of conversations I've had. And it was because it was like, we both came to it really from a place of like, first of all, th- th- there's not really a human rights at stake here. You're mm-hmm. not trying to convince me that white supremacy doesn't exist or whatever. You know, like vaccines are one of those things where we can have our strong opinions. And yes, I'm not saying that like oppression isn't involved with vaccine distribution and with public health and there isn't, you know, racism within inherent within the public health system. But like yeah. in this conversation, human rights are not really what's up for debate. That's the other thing when we get down to it is it's like, I'm not going to debate with you about issues that deal with human rights, particularly given the fact that 99% of the time, those rights are not mine. I'm mm-hmm. not debating my own human rights. I'm not going to speak for a group that I am not a part of when it comes to going tit for tat about what's right and what's wrong. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, but I'm not going to sit there and debate with you about whether or not this is a valid argument and it's just like it's so hard to communicate any of that on freaking social media (laughs) yeah it's really hard it's really hard yeah I mean so I want to finish my thought too with the Republicans back to the Republican piece of the mob and the rioters do not represent every Republican I'm sure that there's Republicans out there that are like oh my gosh that's ridiculous of course and when I heard Mitch McConnell Lindsey Graham Mike Pence Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. what they said after the riots was really genuine and beautiful. And I'm, I'm not kidding. Did you hear them? Why are you giving that for that look? Mitch McConnell said something yes. genuine and beautiful? Yes. I did like, see what? the Mitt Romney thing, which like, who would have thunk 10 years ago that like yes. Mitt Romney, we'd all be like, yay, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitch McConnell was like, uh, again, like, I don't, I, can't, I don't agree with everything that they do. Right, I don't totally. agree with a lot of the things that they do. But like to have that response after that horrific event, mm-hmm. that attack on our Capitol, and for them to just really be the voice and the response, all I could think of was, this is what we should be hearing from, Republic, from the Republican Party. And for four years, they haven't been able to have that voice. And I bet you there's a lot of them that are so glad that tr- I mean, in a way, I'm, yeah, of course they want their majority, but I'm sure there's a lot of them that are so glad that they can finally speak up without feeling like they're going to be kicked to the curb by some crazy leader in charge. So I that's know. the thing that I thought was really beautiful afterwards. I was like, that's really cool. Like Mitt, Mitt Romney said some great things. Mike Pence had a great response and just like really calm about it. Sure. And, and but like I freaking also Trump think, threw him under the bus that day. I, I mean, was like... Trump's the worst. But... I do think that there it's kind of comes back to that thing, though, about like unity doesn't mean anything without equality. And if right. you're not calling for equality, you're not calling for if by If you call if you're calling for equality, you have to be calling for justice. And if you're not calling right. for justice, then you can't call for right. unity. But but for us to see that right sure. after something so disturbing was really important. I think I agree. With really you. important. It's and not then, nothing. It's not nothing. And then after mm-hmm. that, a lot of people flipped mm-hmm. to throw out the electoral college votes like a lot of people flipped. Which I thought was really, I'm sure that they were like, this is enough. This is I, enough. Well, and I, I mean, I have the opinion that it's sort of like too little, too late. It's better than nothing. Of but course, I, of yeah. course. Of but course. I also think, you know, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you've, we've been given like so little to hold on to a positive reinforcement that we're like, I'll take it. <laughs> Like, I just want to hear something positive from the Republican side. And I got that. And I was like, wow. (sighs) Okay. I like, I felt better for a mere moment. Of course, everything that happened and people that were killed, it's devastating. Like, we don't need to drone on about that. It's terrible. It's horrible. And I mean, I think the things that kind of stuck out for me, like I, I have this like, I don't know. I think I told you, we've talked about this, like where I need a burner account. Yes. (laughs) So I could just like let my feelings fly. But this was just where I'm like, you know what, the reason that I don't post on like my personal Facebook page is because it's not productive. Like I don't, I always go back and forth of like whether or not it's productive, but I was like, I just need to say something. And so I wrote like, cause I know <laughs> that there's a lot of people, oh, here's the thing. Oh my gosh, this, dro- this drove me nuts. So I posted something on my, I don't think you saw this Claire on my Facebook page. And I said, do you get that Black Lives Matter was because of years of oppression and violence towards Black people? Today was hateful white supremacy on parade. There's absolutely no comparison. 
Mm-hmm. And white people not seeing that is the problem with America. It is the reason we will not make progress and the reason why today happened. Like, if people start com- like comparing Black Lives Matter to this, I will rage. I'll go in a rage spiral and I will not get out of it. Like, mm-hmm. that, I, I saw that flying around and like the people who are just like, well, what about the rioters and the loot? And I'm just like, you, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're missing the point. And the reason why we have had no progress mm-hmm. For years and years is because white people refuse to see that. They always want to be like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about, I haven't had, you know, opportunities in my life. And it's just like, you're right. missing the point. It's not about you. It's not about you. And so I got, a, I mean, I, I'm fr- I grew up in a Mormon town. Do I need to say that again? Very white, very Mormon. Apparently someone that I'm friends with on Facebook, and I did not know I was friends with him, <laughs> Was, That's I always fun when you find out your friends with Tony because yeah, they I was like, troll on your accounts. Because they're, you know, here's what I find funny too is like when people from high school come out to comment on my post. I'm like, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you in 25 years. Like, <laughs> why are you here? And then so, and then I unfriend them because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to have you comment on my post. I haven't talked to you in 25 years. The people that I want to have a conversation with are the people that I would like go out to lunch with. So this guy posts on my, you know, what I commented, he posts, he replies and he says a lot of really horrible things. Mm -hmm. And he says, I was there and we all had a great friendly, friendly time. I am so sick of being labeled. You are all wrong about this racist crap, blah, 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 blah. So he goes on. He was where? He was at the, he was at the Capitol. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, that's not. That doesn't go in like the pro category of no. the comment, sir. No. No. And first of all, I'm like, he was, and I'm like kind of taken aback because I'm like, who is this guy? And I yeah. like vaguely remember him from high school. And I'm going to say something like so assholery right now. But if you have your profile picture as the American Eagle, I'm worried about you. Like, <laughs> put a puppy up there. But like, that's what it is. American I Eagle. I'm like, oh, this guy. So. So yeah, like I, I, I just sat there for a minute and I was like, oh, I will have a conversation with you if I feel like it's going to be productive, but you are just here to spread hate and evil. And I unfriended him and judge me for doing that. But I'm like, I've, I don't even, I don't remember, remember having a conversation with you <laughs> in high right. school. Why are you here? Goodbye. Why are we even Facebook friends? Yeah. And I think that, you know, then that just goes back right to the beginning of our conversation, which is like, why even go on social media? Like if you're not, right. you know, and I totally. think- that that's like that, first of all, so much of this even started on social media from, you know, parlor or what yeah, have it's you. totally started social media. Twitter, yep. you know, and giving that megaphone. And then, you know, even going back to like, we've all totally just accepted that like, this is how Trump was on Twitter. Yeah. When, if you think about it, I mean, granted, Twitter hasn't been around that long, but the first couple of years of Trump's presidency, it was a way Like, we didn't all just accept that he was, like, going nuts on Twitter all the time. And now that we've all normalized that, you kind of forget that, like, Obama on Twitter was run by, like, a PR manager. Yeah. Like, someone who had a brand manager, basically. Yeah. Very thoughtful things to And say. I just remember being so shocked by caps. that yeah. when he, when Trump took office where I was like, where is yeah. his PR manager? Yeah, they don't, no, no, no. They don't and, one. <laughs> no, I know. But like that, like to me, I remember being shocked right, by right, that. Right. And like in the last totally. four years, I've like completely just abandoned that thought. Totally. But I came back to that this week where I was like, in some ways, the presidency is a brand. Mm-hmm. In, and he is an official, an elected official who, you know, should be held to a certain degree of decorum and we have all just let that go (laughs) completely let it go and completely normalize like these crazy things on twitter and then you know i think like everybody's kind of a lot of people are kind of freaking out about him losing his twitter account and it's like okay first of all we all get it it's not illegal it's not a violation of free speech it's twitter's a private company they can do whatever they want but that being said just yeah scott and i just talked about this before we recorded and scott's like anyone who starts to say that it's violating their freedoms. He's like, that's so stupid. Right. You're so you're, stupid. Your right to a Twitter account is not guaranteed in the Bill of Rights. It's just no, not. It's not in the Bill of Rights. But Stop that being it. said. Stop it. I get like if you take a bigger step back, it's like, okay, you know, we can sort of like tongue in cheek say like, oh, Twitter's not in the Bill of Rights. Like, but this has been the platform that he has used, and therefore banning him from it is, you know, really cutting him off from speaking to the public in the way that yeah. he has and yeah. and like that is in the cowardly way that he's done it, like speak well, to people face to face. You can't do it, dude. You but can't I, do it. I'm I'm actually t- coming from the other from the other angle of like, this is the way that he has chosen to like 
connect with people and now he's being barred right. from doing it and i'm not right. saying that it was the right thing to do and i'm but like i think it was i no no no. i'm not saying that i'm not saying that him using it that way was the right thing to do oh what i'm saying is that the Wait, fact okay i'm not saying that the way that trump used twitter was the right way to be doing it what i am saying is that that was the precedent right i think cutting him off was the right thing to do got it the precedent that he had set however does now create this tension of really that Twitter having the power to sort of de facto silence him, which while it is not a violation of free speech, it is unusual and unprecedented that Twitter would have that type of power to to effectively silence the American president. Right. That's so weird. It's so weird. weird. He should never, it should never have come to this. No. And the fact that that it should not be your megaphone. That should not be your megaphone. It should not be your megaphone. Like there's no reason that a politician or anyone in power should be using social media in that way. And it, it really begs a lot of questions about social media and about, you know, these, these privately owned companies or, you know, I don't know if Twitter's technically gone public, but you know, these corporations Mm -hmm. that ultimately kind of hold the key to these, what should have been considered official communication pathways. And I think that's where we're in a gray area of like, this is an unprecedented move, given the fact that like, technically, no, it's not a violation. Technically, no, it's not illegal. But it is really unprecedented in the sense that a private entity being Twitter had the ability to effectively publicly silence the president because of the way he was using Twitter. I mean, a lot of people followed suit, too. A lot for of sure. people followed suit. For sure. A lot and of people took Parler off the off their platforms. Off oh, their, I mean, Parler their, their, effectively got yeah. kicked off. I mean, you know, yeah. as we all know, everything ladders up to the cloud on Amazon. And yep. Amazon told Amazon them, like, you can't host your stuff off. on us yep. anymore. And they're like, well, that there really aren't, you know, unless you're going to, like, go be hosted in, like, Bob's basement. There's not a lot of other places. <laughs> who's Bob? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, who's, know, like, got. Just, that guy. He's like, that the guy. guy at the beginning of um, uh, Armageddon. Do you remember that guy? And he's like in his underwear in like the top of his, in his like, you know, his planetarium. Anyway. For sure. So I've been thinking about that, you know, looking at it objectively, not from like a, was this the right or wrong call? Because, you know, I think, but just more from like a, wow, this is an interesting moment. It's an interesting moment. The history of social media and of media and communications that we should, you know, see that this was being, Twitter was just even being used in this way. Yeah. I think that's very, very, it is something that we will probably never see again, I hope. But I also think that he made some of the people who really liked him feel special. Because mm-hmm. you know how Instagram gives us like a, almost like a very intimate look into some celebrities' lives. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, it, like it was the perfect people, way. Like, yeah, like he really used it in a way that made people feel like they're, he's talking to me. That's why... Social media is popular, period. It's because yeah. you feel like for the first yeah. time, I mean, it's like the, the what do they call it? The something intrigue, the royal castle yeah. something intrigue. Castle where like, intrigue, really, yeah. It's something like that. I think it's royal Palace, intrigue. palace. Palace intrigue, great. There it is. Something royal. Where you <laughs> feel like you're getting that look behind the curtain that is like exclusive to you, even though you cognitively know a million other people are seeing this. If you're yeah. seeing Beyonce's Instagram story, you're feeling like, oh my God, Beyonce. She talks to me. <laughs> Me and Beyonce. Beyonce. Hey, Bay. We hey, have, Bay. We have the same, you know, organizer on our bathroom counter. Like She's just like us. She's just like us. But I mean, truly, that's why social media is yeah. has become what it is. And that's why social media influencers exist. Yeah. And that's why we get people, even, you know, we only have 15,000 followers on Instagram. You still, We still get people all the time who are like, I feel like I know you. And we love that. Yeah. But like, we don't know 15,000 people. For sure. <laughs> do not. For sure. Do not. And like. <laughs> But that's the thing. And and I know everyone who's listening to this, you cognitively understand that. But there is that emotional reaction of like, I'm seeing someone post something very personal and intimate. And therefore, that connection is built, even if it's one way. That that worked for him. I think it worked for him. It works for a lot of people. Yeah. He's a charismatic guy. Messages and I'm going to fulfill my duty as a patriot. And I'm going to like, I'm I'm sure that felt really good to a lot of people. But guess what? Try again. I know. So. All right, guys. I feel like now that we've yelled about democracy for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. we're going to take a right turn. And, you know, we are not proponents of giving you a space to disconnect from important issues, <clears throat> but we're also not proponents of rubbing your face to the grindstone unnecessarily. <laughs> so we are going to take a massive right turn, abrupt even. Everybody just shake it off, shake it off. 
Shake it off. Shake off the Shake whatever. it like a whatever. <laughs> and <sighs> I've been listening to so much Taylor Swift lately, by the way. Speaking of shake it off. Not to that, but just I, her Miles loves albums. Shakes It Off. Loves shake, shake It, it Off is a great, great song. It really is. I love her two albums that she released this year. So good. And thank you, Taylor My favorite. Swift, I know you listen. I know. Taylor. Who I, who my best friend from Instagram. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets that I saw was like, I can't get over the fact that we got more Taylor Swift studio albums than stimulus checks in stimulus 2020. Checks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any like favorite? I know this is like treading, treading on some territory, but do you have any like favorite memes from the week that like really oh, so many punched? Yeah. Punched at home for you. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat and just pull some up. <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Oh, wow. Um, my favorite Aww. one that I think is probably the most on brand for us is Trump. I will not be attending Biden's inauguration. Trump on January 2020. And it's Damien in the back of the gym with his hood <laughs> and his sunglasses. He's on. the guy who says she doesn't even go here. It's that guy. It's that Damien. It's, yes. <laughs> I love that one so much. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's so true. It's he so can't true. not be included. He cannot not be included. I love that one. Oh. So if you guys don't know, um, I take my job as a meme curator very seriously on my personal Instagram account. Pretty much it's all I post. I just retweeting retweets of retweets of retweets let's see if i can find some good ones imagine thinking humans have a right to twitter but not to healthcare. Mm-hmm. it's one of my faves man mm-hmm. how the f do you get banned from snapchat i used to use that app to sell cocaine in total peace <laughs> that one was a favorite oh this I one like was the a one where he's, he's where billy eichner was like <laughs> pull him off twitter don't just pull him off twitter make him join bumble yeah <laughs> Um, okay, doom scrolling is bad, but have you seen the quality of the doom this week? <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> some quality doom. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I mean, oh, this one. For some reason, something about this just made me laugh so hard. 2016. Maybe it won't be that bad. 2021. The Axe Body Spray Corporation stands firmly against the attempted overthrow of the U.S. government. I laughed. I laughed so hard. I <laughs> it laughed just, so hard. There was something about it being Axe where I was like, oh my gosh, it's Axe so Body random. Spray stands against... The attempted overthrow of the U.S. government. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> what was the one? This is not a political one, but what was the one where you said a true friend, like... <laughs> oh, true friendship is letting a certain amount of ghosting go unnoticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. There's some that just make me laugh so Oh, hard. this one was my favorite. So it was a comment on Donald Trump's tweet when he saw Twitter that said, to all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. And the comment was huge. A lot of you have been asking about my skincare routine lately, energy. (laughs) I thought that was hysterical. What about the one where it was like Biden or not Biden, (laughs) Barron? I think it was like John Barron or something. It was like a, a fake Twitter account where it's like, hey, guys, I'm new oh, to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Hey, guys, I'm new to Twitter. What's going on? So funny. That one was really funny. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> okay. So for all the seriousness, truly, truly, there's a lot of work to do. We still need to do the work. And we can also just like take some laugh breaks and let off totally. some Totally. Laugh breaks are um, important. Laugh breaks are important. So the question for this week, we got... So many good voice memos. The question was, tell us about your 15 minutes of fame. And we got so many good ones that I just like wanted to go through lightning round style and like play them all (laughs) because they're so freaking funny. Do you have a 20 minutes of fame before we? Yes, I do. I kind of do. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I kind of attribute when I was doing all the video work with the kids because I was on the news a couple times and then like winning the Emmys, we got interviewed a couple times. So I feel like that was like the closest that I could get. Mm-hmm. And I really, really thought that was really cool. So for people who don't know that, that was like back at my old job. I did some work with some television stations to create some public service announcements and then they ended up submitting them to the Emmys and we won a bunch of awards. I just loved going to the award shows. Like that totally. was my favorite part. That's so on brand. Getting a dress and like going to the award shows and yeah. What about you? Honestly, the only thing I could think of, I'm sure that I um, I sang the national anthem to open a CU basketball game once. Oh, that's awesome. That's um, cool. That was fun. Uh, one time in middle school, me and my girlfriends were on the front page of the paper ice skating. 
oh that's cute and like my seventh grade math teacher like like taped it to the front of the math room door uh so you know that was fun so just like little stuff like that i don't feel like i've ever had like a real like oh i know i'm famous we got some good ones oh this is cute okay let's start out let's start off with an email this is from veronica Hey, Joy and Claire, for your prompt this week, I wanted to share my 15 minutes of fame. I have two, but I'll keep them quick. Growing up in LA, I'm sure you're jealous, Joy. Yes, I am. (laughs) My dad directed commercials, mostly Mattel. I had every Barbie and Polly Pocket and McDonald's Happy Meal commercials. I got to be in the Halloween commercial that can still be found on YouTube. Photos attached of me dressed as a purple witch, including one of Ronald holding me gently in his arms. He was actually a really nice man named Jack. And I have a ton of pictures of me playing Chinese checkers, hula dancing and playing piano with him. It was an interesting childhood to say the least. After retiring from directing commercials, my dad had a photography studio doing mostly commercial photos and building websites. He roped me into being a model for a Bluetooth microphone and they included me on their packaging. I just checked and there's still a picture of me in the description on Amazon. A few years ago, a friend of of a friend was in an Apple store and sent her a picture of the box asking if it was me. (laughs) Small, (laughs) small moments, but those are my claims to fame. And she included some pictures that we'll put when this episode comes out of like her with Ronald Ronald McDonald, like holding her. It's so cute. And then the picture she included of the Bluetooth packaging. She looks like she's just enjoying her Bluetooth speakers while she's on her laptop. Oh, that's so great. Thank you, Veronica. All right. This one is the title is my 15 minutes of fame on TRL with Carson Daly. Oh, you guys better know that this is the first one Joy read. I'm sure when it came in. What? So good. Okay. Hi, guys. This is Melissa in the Chicago area. I immediately had to respond to your 15 minutes of fame question because I will be proud of this until my dying day. Uh, I believe this was the summer of 2000. My friend and I were in New York for a summer internship at the United Nations, and we stood in line in Times Square and got to be in the studio audience for Total Request Live, a.k.a. TRL, with Carson Daly. We were on TV, but it was back in the day before cell phones, so we had to call my mom from a payphone after the show was taped live to tell her to tape, as in take a VHS tape, and tape for us the rebroadcast of the show that night so we could see ourselves on TV. My mom still has that VHS VHS tape to this day, and it's pretty amazing, and I will always remember my half an hour, however long that show was, of fame with Carson Daly on TRL. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Oh, my oh, gosh. TRL. Like, 90s dreams are made of right 90s there. 90s dreams. I wonder if there was any celebrities on that TRL episode. Oh, my gosh. Like, Lance Bass, for example. That was like, I was like, Carson, if yes. I could just get on TRL with NSYNC, they would see me and choose me as their wife. For sure. <laughs> for sure. You have no idea what you're missing. You just need to meet me. You right, you'll just see me. So you'll see my screaming face in a crowd, and I will. <laughs> the clouds will open up. <laughs> oh my gosh! How many people really think that? Okay, this is from our favorite Tina in Brooklyn. Morning, ladies. Maybe it doesn't count because I was always around celebs because this is the one who worked at the Today Show. Um, but these are a couple of standouts. I hope this provides some laughs. Good morning, Joy and Claire. It's Tina from Brooklyn. And of course, you know, I have a good story from the Today Show. So one day I'm in the kitchen and just doing my thing. Hillary Swank walks in and she's like, oh my God, look at your biceps. She's like, let's arm wrestle. And I was like, "Um, no, I'm not arm wrestling you. Long story short, we started arm wrestling and the camera turned around and caught it. And it was just like absolutely ridiculous. And then another time, I was asked to come and pick up Al Roker on camera. So those are my stories. Tina, pick did you up. win the arm wrestle? You left out some crucial details. I know, great details. And I also love that I could hear the like, sirens in the background. Just an ambulance like that she's walking York by. New York sounds in the background. I know people in New York are like, yeah, it's not great. but right, It's not romantic. I love it's it so much. Like, oh. I love, I, so here's her picture. I'm going to post this when we um, release the episode of her with Hillary Swank. Oh, my gosh. And Hillary Swank's got some guns, too. Seriously. That is so cute. That's the cutest thing. I love that she picked up Al Roker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. This is from Laura. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Laura from Canada. Um, I'm just responding to your 15 minutes of fame questions from last week's episode. So a few years back, 
the Amazing Race Canada actually came to Winnipeg and I was an extra in the crowd. Um, I can confirm that when it says seventh, eighth, ninth try, that is the case. However, um, my actual moment of fame was they would cut to my face reacting um, to the challenges the people had to sing. And when the one group came down, um, one of the guys ended up kissing me and that made it on to television. And he goes, I kissed a few babes on the way out. And then I had to say, not now, babes. Got to go meet my boyfriend, John Montgomery. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so that random, but I so love it. so random and I love it. That's so good. I have mm-hmm. definitely heard that going to the tapings of those is like really pretty anticlimactic. Really? <laughs> like I, had, I know some, it came to Denver a couple, like several years ago and everyone I knew, I knew you know a lot of like crossfit people went and they're like oh yeah we were out there until like three in the morning it just like was take after take after take and like people you know yeah yeah but that's hilarious okay this is great this is great this one's from kelly and also a picture i love the picture proof hi joy and claire my 15 minutes of fame is when i was in college at florida state joe biden was the vice president and he came to speak and when I was waiting in line with my friend and we got checked in, they asked us if we wanted to go sit on the stage. So from the crowd, as you check in, they hand selected certain people and place you in a certain way so that when you're on the news, um, you look a certain way. It looks a certain way behind him. And so when my family and everyone turned on the news, I was there right to his right watching, you know, as he spoke. Um, and at the end, he was really nice. And he came up to all of us because you're watched by Secret Service and you can't leave till he leaves. And he took pictures with all of us um it was just so nice and took time even though he was late to like grab us in group and take pictures and my husband now my boyfriend at the time was so mad because he was supposed to go and he offered me the ticket because he's heard him speak before and then i texted him and said hey turn on the news you're gonna see me on stage here so he he still does not forget that especially now that he is the president have a good day Oh, I love, I love that. And, I, and it's like proof that they actually set up the people behind them. Yes, totally. Brandon met Joe Biden at a coffee shop in Denver. That's right. In like 2016, maybe, or 2015. No, it must have been, yeah, 2014 or 2015, because it was when he was still vice president. I met Michelle Obama. Did you know that? No, where? Yeah, when Obama was running for president the first time, I was in college and she came like as like a campaign stop to the CU campus. And that morning I was getting to campus early to like study for a test and I saw them setting everything up and I was like, what is this for? And they're like, oh, this is like going to be the line to meet Michelle Obama. And I was like, can I get in line now? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I was the first one in line Oh my! and I stood there for like legitimately five hours. No way. But I was like, I was coming to campus to study. So I just sat there and studied instead. Yeah. And yeah, and I met Michelle Obama. She smelled Such great. A, oh, I bet you she smelled great. Yep. <gasps> Celebrities that smell great. Bob Harper. I've hugged him. He smells mm-hmm. great. Who else did I hug that, that smelled great? You, I you, almost said Oprah, but I'm like, no, I've heard she smells no, great. We just talk every time every single time this comes up, we bring up how we're pretty sure Oprah. Hugging great. Oprah? She would smell so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, that was so great. And also picture proof is the best. All right. This next one is from Natasha. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Natasha from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I used to live in Los Angeles for a long time. So I ended up participating in a couple of uh, little scene reality shows. One of them was um, a team competition show where we built large Rube Goldberg machines and that was super fun and the other show was a bachelor-esque type show where we basically 20 of us showed up to to date a guy and it was actually a really terrible experience like didn't like the guy they made us stay up all night you weren't allowed to like put on a sweater when it got cold and uh, was happy basically to to go home quickly from th- from that experience, but uh, it was very weird to see yourself on TV. Thanks. That would be so hard if you're just like, I want to go right. get me off this reality show, but you like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see Natasha if you have clips of it. I want to totally. see what the show was. This is another. <gasps> Oh, I love this so much. Okay, this one is, um, I hope I'm saying her name right. 
Thaisa. Hey, Joy and Claire. My 15 minutes of fame story is this. I'm a musician and in 2017, I did a cover of Don't Shoot Me Santa by The Killers for charity. My friend Joe and I recorded it in my apartment. Our moms, who are also friends and avid Catholics, were so disappointed we didn't do something religious. The song ended up in the local newspaper next to Mac Miller and a few other big names. My mom called my partner to have his dad frame it for her. Since then, I've been able to use my music to support causes I care about and gotten a, rep- a and gotten a reputation of being really silly in real life. The song is now a joke because it's my only digitally streaming work for the past four years, and I'm hoping to fix that this year. Love your podcast and all that you do, and I, for one, would be super sad to see you leave Instagram, but completely understand the pull to get out of there. Love, Ty. Oh, it's Ty. P.S. Links to the song and newspaper article. So I asked her if I could play this as the outro. She hasn't responded yet as of this recording, but I'm like super wanting to play it for you. It's really a cool song. And she looks awesome in the photo. All right. This is from, let's do two... Oh, God, this one's so good. Okay, three more, three more, real quick. This one's from Molly. Hey, Joy and Claire, this is Molly calling to tell you about my 15 minutes of fame. When I was in first grade, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and the zoo there was doing a donation drive so that they could get some new wallabies for their new wallaby habitat. I gave them $1, and in response, I got a really cool letter and a photo and an invitation to come and watch the zoo release their new wallabies into their habitat. So I got to miss school that day. My mom took me, and I thought I was just going to get to watch, but at the last minute, they pulled me into the wallaby pen, and I got to actually open one of the big dog kennels that had a wallaby in it and watch it hop out into its habitat. And I got interviewed by the news. And, you know, first grade Molly just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I have no idea what I said on the news. It was so long ago, but it's a pretty cool memory to have. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye-bye. Oh that my is gosh. so cute. That is like the epitome of the 15 minutes of fame. Like epitome. you got pulled into the wallaby bin. <laughs> you're like in first grade. You get interviewed by the news. You're so excited. That is the cutest thing Oh my thing gosh. Ever. That's adorable. Wallabies oh, of all things. So good. Okay. This one is like probably one of my faves. All right. This is from Ellen. Hey, Joy. Hey, Claire. This is Ellen talking about my 15 minutes of fame. So actually about a year ago, I submitted a question to CNN to ask the candidates for the Democrat um, presidential election a question. Um, Really, I just wanted to go to the town hall. I didn't actually want to ask the question, but they called me and said, hey, you had a really good question. We would love for you to ask it to uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. And obviously, I was peeing my pants a little bit. But I go, and there was about 20 other people who were there to ask questions, so I didn't think I was going to go. But at the very last minute, they said, hey, you're up. And I go and ask Joe Biden a question. And, I mean, he didn't answer it because he's a politician. But, yeah, I actually talked to the president-elect, and I like to think I got him elected. And also, fun fact, after that day, Trump did kind of subtweet me and tweeted about the question I asked and addressed it in his own, you know, Trump way. So yeah, that's my 15 minutes of fame. That is so cool. I'm kind of shocked by how many people have met Joe Biden. I know so many people have met Joe Biden. (laughs) That's amazing. Did you see this picture of her? I'm going to post this too. Yeah, she's she looks so pretty, she looks and then and then um, she actually also posted the tweet. She sent us a, a screenshot of the tweet that Trump uh, responded in all to, caps. So, in all caps, of course. It's so <laughs> funny. That was so so great. Okay, last one is from Tilly. Hey, Joy and Claire, it's Tilly calling with one of many 15 minutes of fame stories. This one happened a couple years ago. It was my birthday weekend, and I got tickets to see Wayne Brady when he was in town at the Paramount Theater doing a stand-up show, you know, very Whose Line Is It Anyway-esque. Um, at the beginning of the show, we all got little pieces of paper that said something like, have a question for Wayne, write it down. So uh, I was feeling extra gutsy on my birthday weekend, and so on my sheet of paper, I wrote... Do you think you could kiss me on or near the mouth since it's my birthday? And so she <laughs> on or near. submit the question. And about halfway through the show, got called up on stage for Wayne Brady to sing me a song and kiss me on or near the mouth in front of everybody at the Paramount Theater. So that's one of my 15 minutes of fame stories. Hopefully I can tell some more soon. Take care. Bye. I'm on or near the mouth. On or near. That's I so know specific. Where, I'm, 
I I know Tilly, so I'm going to go ask her. Um, yeah, Tilly. Where, I'm going to text her right now. Where our, did Wayne Brady kiss Tilly her? is our cup, our resident cupcake resident cupcake baker. Um, Tilly, that is so specific. Is, I love it so much. On or near? On or near. <laughs> just maybe a little bit, just a little bit, little kiss. Thank you guys. That was so such a much needed comedy relief. Thank you for the laughs. You guys are the best. What is our question for next week? Or do we have one? <laughs> Claire's like, <gasps> guys, sometimes I get to this part of the show and I'm like, oh no, for next week. I was so worried about your 15 minutes of fame. Okay. Here's the question we're going to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Tilly just texted me back and she goes near the mouth. I have a video. Let me find it. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. All right. Well, we'll post We will have that video, video proof. For okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for next week's question, this is, again, a little bit random, but I'm really enjoying these random questions that are just sort of more like insights into yeah, people's lives. For sure. So as you guys know, you know, we talk a lot about like rituals. We talk a lot about like our habits that we do. I want to know if you guys have any superstitions. Oh. Enjoy. Yes. And like. Do you have, especially if you have any rituals that go around those superstitions, like, you know. Oh, my God. You, I have one. <laughs> I'm, okay. What is yours? Tell us now. Before I get on a plane, I do this. I Way back in the day, I was trained in Reiki. And I do this like Reiki symbol before I get on the, the plane. Like when you're in the doorway, I do it yeah. like very, very subtly. You do a subtle I, like, Reiki the, symbol. I do a subtle Reiki thing. And then I it's like a symbol with your hand, and then I touch the door, touch the side of the you plane. You, like, pope cross the plane before yep. you get I out. I totally pope cross. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, it will not Every shock time. you guys to know that I pro- I don't think I have any. But, like, <laughs> what is you or, you know, your husband or something, like, does he, you know, wear his, like, stinky game day socks that he's never washed because, the, you know, the Browns have never lost so he's wearing his game oh day socks? Oh, my God. I'm going to be – we're going to get so many sports ones. Totally. And I love it. I love it so, so much. So please tell us your weird superstition or, like, weird thing that you do – you can send us a vo- uh, sorry, send us a voice memo to this is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can write it in an email and we'll just read the email or you can go to our Instagram account at joyandclaire underscore. Click the contact us button that will take you to a Google voicemail and you can just leave it in a message. Can't wait to hear them. Another random question. I love just hearing these like insights into your guys' life. Yeah, so great. Please send them. We can't wait to tell what they are. And I think feel like Joy is especially excited about this one. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Don't let me down. <laughs> All right, guys. Another week of just taking it one day at a time. I was reminded that <sighs> this past week. Uh, let's just let's just stay right where we are. Really take it one day at a time. All right. All right, guys. Deep thoughts. Talk to you next week. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.